Well, hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan. Special edition, I'm Brian Brown, your co-host, and Mike, we're still in the uh, bunkers, the the (laughs) COVID-19 bunkers uh, that we're still dedicated uh, to B.B. McKinney. Yeah, uh, one of these days we're going to get back to downtown Nashville, but it's not today. So um, uh, we'll we'll, we'll know, uh, we will understand it better by and by. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, your family, are you are you and Teresa getting sick of each other yet? You or, know what, what and of course, uh, a lot of people know that my wife and I uh, also have living with us her mother and her brother, which, uh, right. so there are four of us, and uh, we're spending a lot of time together. I, I'm really blessed in this particular house when we, when we picked this house, we had this in mind. I've got a, a separate space that's kind of upstairs in a way, and uh, so I've got a little office up here, and it's kind of become... Uh, my world, uh, and I'm doing a lot of video conferencing and um, uh, a lot of phone calls and text messages, just like everybody else in the world. So, but it's it's been quite yeah. the challenge. I, hey, I tell you one thing, I don't miss that morning commute to downtown Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, as you know, Mike, I'm still making it. Uh, my wife is working for the Lifeway Credit Union. Credit unions are deemed an essential service, so she's still going in, and I'm I'm still driving her in many days. I can tell you, when you do have to make the commute, it's a lot less crowded. Um, yeah, it is. It's a you lot know, easier I've, right now. I've, I've lived in Nashville 15 years, and most of our listeners know how much Nashville has grown in that length of time. And what used to take me 25 minutes uh, to get downtown uh, now takes me 45 minutes on a good day, and on some days it's an hour 15, and that that's that's just how much Nashville has grown. So, and the commute home is even longer than that. So, and I know from Murfreesboro where you live, it's even yeah. longer than that. So, uh, we're, yeah, we're I not think we picked the, the traffic, bad place. We but, we we wanted to be near my uh, wife's parents, which we've enjoyed that, of course. But uh, yeah, we picked probably the worst drive in the city. But right now, uh, for those of those who do have to still get around, um, one little blessing in the midst of crisis is a lot easier to get around Nashville during these weeks when when most of the town is is shut down and shut. Yeah, and it's kind place. of funny. So I've, I've seen lighting for her. I've seen people uh, commenting about this, that gas prices are lower than they've been in years. And, right, and, and, and we don't and, need any gas. And we're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, right. I mean, you know, we could, we could stand to, to get some gas right now, but we don't need any because everybody's staying isolated. But, but this too shall pass, and uh, boy, I hope our listeners uh, are not just following the news, but are praying for our leaders. Yeah. Uh, let's get over the partisan stuff right at a time like this, and let's pray for yeah. our leaders to make good decisions and uh, and and for people to for the best in people to to, to come out uh, during this, uh, you know, there's some spiritual lessons for sure, but there's also some lessons about being a good citizen uh, that I think all of us can be learning right now. And uh, and I'm just I'm just praying for our leaders and for all the people that are making decisions that affect all of us uh, during a time like this. Yeah, that's a good word, Mike. Now, I know you and I were talking just before air that today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, something hopefully we're all doing and have been doing uh, before this crisis, but certainly is is very important now, and that's the idea of family worship, family yeah. Bible study. So I know you wanted to talk a little bit about yeah, that Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people are posting things online, and, and uh, but different things, but families are actually... Uh, you know, if there's a spiritually minded leader in a family, they're probably not wanting uh, to just go forever without 
church and Bible study and and there are some families that are that are starting something during this time of isolation that hopefully they can continue. But you know, I thought it might be meaningful as people are are beginning to to think about this uh, more and more and becoming more focused on it because we're together so much as families. Uh, that this idea of family worship and how that can happen and what that can be like, and uh, and what a great topic for us to discuss. And and I want to just stress right off the bat that uh, I don't put myself out there as a person that did this right all the time. Uh, when my when when my kids are that are now grown and away from home when they were growing up, uh, we didn't always have these high holy personal family altar moments uh, ourselves. <laughs> right. So please don't hear anything I would say today as someone that had this all figured out and right. But but there are some things that I think we've learned along the way that we can pass on to people that might be helpful. Yeah, this is one of those things, Mike. We've talked a lot about some of the things that we're doing now, you know, may end up becoming permanent. That yeah. new adjustments that we made. Churches have learned how to do online giving. They've they've learned to do some things uh, that they might not have been doing before. That they might continue doing the way we do. Or streaming their services, yeah, streaming example. worship, all yeah. these kind of things. This is one of those things that if you started doing this because of this situation, we really hope and pray that you keep doing it. This is yeah. one we hope doesn't go away. And we don't, if, if you weren't doing family Bible study and devotions uh, and worship before, man, we, we don't want you to go back to normal. We'd love to see this uh, this moment inspire more and more families to gather. I totally agree. And, and here's something I want to say. I've said this before. Um, I think in the in the book, Worship Essentials, I have a whole chapter on this uh, that ca- encapsulates this, this idea. The most important discipleship group in any church is the individual family. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that what happens in our houses and in our relationships with our parents and our children have far more impact on the, uh, uh, on the spiritual life and health and development of the children of our families. Uh, and even the spouses of our families. That that family unit is by far the most important discipleship group of any church. And I would compel our leaders out there, make sure as a staff, when you think about discipleship, that one of the things you focus on is not just how you are discipling people, but how are you equipping families to disciple their own children? Because, listen, uh, that we're going to have them for an hour and a half or two hours and maybe in in some cases three or four hours of a week, uh, and that's all we're going to have the people that we influence from our church seat. But our families are going to have them every day for hours and hours, and we really need to help our families do this well. Yeah, no doubt about it, Mike. I, I think about um, the fact, I know Ministry Grid, I believe, has done some training for how, how yes. uh, parents can lead kids in Bible study. Uh, Lifeway.com slash coronavirus. We've shared that several times. You can find out all the things Lifeway is doing, but I know they're doing something in this area. Yeah, and uh, Lifeway Kids, I, they make yeah. resources all the time that are helping families, and Lifeway students do as well. And even the curriculum lines that Lifeway offers for Bible studies very often will have a family discussion uh, aspect of it that's available to families. So Lifeway really tries to to help churches and help families in this space. I th- my mind is drawn to the ETCH conference, and ETCH is spelled mm. E-T-C-H, uh, the ETCH conference that happens here that students, Lifeway students and Lifeway kids do every fall. And it's a huge conference, and equipping the church and home is what that H stands for. And 
And it's a fam- it's a conference that's intended to equip churches to help families uh, of kids and students understanding that that family unit is so critically important to the development of our of our of disciples in our in our families. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mike, some of the sweetest times in my memory of growing up is when we would do those family devotions around the table. We would share scripture together. Of course, my dad was my pastor. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a different thing when we were sitting around the table, and he was dad pastor. And yeah, uh, exactly. those were just special, special sweet moments for our family. Yeah, and and you, yeah. you've had that kind of tradition too. You know what I did? I, I, I know what it's like to have a mom and dad at the table with the Bible open. Uh, you know, my dad's prayers uh, very often preceding a meal, but not only then, but my dad... My dad would pray some of the most powerful prayers I've ever heard in my life. He was no pastor, but he was just a man that wanted to be an authentic Christian and wanted to be a spiritual leader. And uh, you know, we 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 took my brother and I. We'd talk about those prayers uh, that would happen before meals, where Dad would just pray heaven down, and my brother's sneaking a roll, you know, <laughs> off the off the pile. We have some funny stories about some of those prayers, but. But man, what a! I look back on that, and what might have seemed as an uh, inconvenience to me as a twelve or thirteen year old now is something I treasure. Uh, you know, as an, as someone with grandchildren now, uh, I want to be that set that same kind of example. So, I thought today, Brian, we could just I could just throw out three or four ideas, and would certainly let, be welcome yeah. welcome to hear some of your ideas of what a family could do. Uh, to make family worship be meaningful. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's hear some. All right. Well, here's what I would say. I'll just start right off from the standpoint of children being involved in this, uh, that uh, the younger the child, the simpler it should be. I I, I think one of the things uh, that we might do sometimes is make this more complicated than it has to be or should be. Uh, If you've got very, very young children, uh, a family worship time is something that could be, you know, it could be 15 minutes or even less than that. Uh, it could be, it could be characterized by only one or two elements. It might have a scripture reading, a prayer time, and maybe one song that you sing along with or sing together. Uh, but I would say the younger the children, the simpler. And then as children grow and develop and become more mature, uh, then, then it can take on maybe a little bit uh, layered in uh, more things and certainly could last longer and, and, and some of those things. But I would say uh, the most important thing is, is to make it relevant for who is sitting there and who's part, partaking in this. Yeah, that's a good word. Lots of different age groups, of course, parents are used to making those kind of adaptations. But it's important to remember um, uh, when you're doing Bible study as well, uh, holding that attention span of those littlest ones can certainly be a challenge. And I love, Mike, that you said something about singing a song. Uh, there's probably a lot of families out there that are thinking, man, no, nobody wants to hear any of us sing. But but singing's a commandment, and, and we're commanded to sing, and, and God gave us voices to sing. And uh, so there's different ways to do that. You can turn on a, one of the great videos from Hillsong or whoever you like to, to watch worship um, yeah. know, out there and sing one of those great worship songs online and man these days you know with so many churches streaming you could find a church choir or somebody singing a song and sing along with that so there's lots of different different ways to do it man maybe you could have a solo competition among the family uh, you could actually have some fun with it uh, you know and yeah. here's the thing 
Um, here's the thing that I would tell everybody too, that, that you don't have to be a great singer and great musician to pull this off. Right. Uh, you know, there are a lot of tools out there, uh, that can help you in this. And I would encourage any family, this really isn't about family worship right now, but, but I think every family of children should have a soundtrack that's yeah. basically the soundtrack of your family. And I would say, yes, enjoy the great artistry of secular artists and the music, uh, the music industry of all kinds of genres. You know, be be exposed to lots of different kinds of music. But but I would encourage any family that's serious about raising up disciples is that part of your family soundtrack needs to be an affinity for Christian music. And and the and Christian music, the variety of it is just all over the map. I'm not I'm not trying to say that the only contemporary Christian works or only this kind of works. You can pick you can find great Christian music in virtually any genre of music style. But but boy, how wise is it for a family leader to have this soundtrack? Uh, that is playing in the background of your family experiences of Christian music. When you're in the car, when you're when you're traveling on trips, when you're uh, even in your family worship times, or even just in, in playing in the house during a day when everybody's at home. Which, of course, during this quarantine, we're all at home. But having great right. Christian music playing, where your kids are actually hearing words of truth and words of biblical principle and words of adoration and praise and worship. Uh, would be so helpful to to developing a a uh, a family unit that has a discipleship um, a goal to it. Yeah, it's a great word, Mike. And there's so many resources out there. I, when I grew up, it was. Uh, you know, because I'm really old, it was cassette tapes and yeah, exactly. long trips, and I, and we listened to a lot of Southern gospel, and then then when the music changed, I started listening to Steve Green and yeah. Larnell Harris. I know I'm dating myself, but yeah, but yeah, well, those you are things old, still... Brian. You're really old. In fact, you're in a risk group. I mean, we didn't, we got we got to watch you closely. Here's but the yeah, second that soundtrack thing. so important these these days. It's online in other ways, but yeah. it's important. Yeah, what's here's next? A, here's the second thing I would say is really important, and this is I, I want to stress this. Uh, consistency is key. Now, now, mm. here's what I mean by that. I mean, I'm not saying that that if you're not doing it every day, it doesn't count, or, you, or you're blowing it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that that there ought to be a predictable pattern that is consistent. Understanding that there are going to be there's going to be times when it it can't happen for different reasons, you know. But let's say dad travels a lot and he's out of town a lot, but but he's there every Saturday. Then every Saturday, this ought to happen around a breakfast event or something. But there ought to be this pattern that the children, and this is particularly important with children, but there ought to be this pattern that is predictable, you know, that, that, and if it's if it's Monday, Tuesday, and if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or if it's if it's Saturdays or Sunday evenings or some pattern where the child says, "Oh, today's Wednesday. We're having we're having our devotional time," uh, where they don't have to be. Uh, you don't. You're not starting over every time to call this to order and 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 create a uh, try to have an experience. But there's this pattern that and whatever that rhythm is for any any family because of the travel or the work schedules or school schedules and maybe you've got a one child that their school starts at seven thirty and the other child their school starts at eight thirty. I mean I know families deal with those dynamics. So you've got to be creative, but maybe it's the dinner time, maybe it's whatever, but it's there's this pattern to it. 
And it is a predictable pattern that the family can accommodate and even expect to happen. And, and consistency is so important. Maybe you even find a way to have an annual thing. We have something that we do annually as our family. I do this with my kids and my, my daughter-in-law and my son-in-law. And now grandchildren are becoming part of this. Where at Christmas, we have this, this tradition that happens once a year that is a worship time. But there's a pattern to it, and nobody is wondering, are we going to do that this year? But everybody everybody instead is saying, when are we going to have our Christmas worship time? Because we do it every Christmas. So I would say, really, as a leader, as a leader of a family, try to find a rhythm that can be consistent and predictable that you can aspire to and keep going. Uh, I think that's key uh, to having something that can be meaningful and even can continue to develop is for it to have a consistent pattern. Yeah, I agree, Mike. So we're talking about worship uh, in, the, in the home. And first you said, just to remind our listeners, you said, let's keep it age appropriate and then let's keep it consistent. What, what other advice would well, you have? Well, you know, I'm kind of running down out of my list here, but I would say, and this may be the most important one of all, just start. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, there there are some family leaders that could say, "Gosh, we just haven't done this," and I'm gonna, it's gonna come across like I'm a hypocrite if I try to start this now because we've never done it. My kids are already in high school; I missed my chance. Or maybe you might even say, uh, uh, you know, my kids are away from home and it's just me and my spouse now, and so I've just kind of blown it. And I'd say, I'd say not true. I'd say like any good spiritual discipline, like Bible reading or giving or any other spiritual discipline, this one is one that just just start and and the very you just gather everybody together and say, hey, we're going to start something that we haven't been doing for a long time or maybe we haven't done this ever, but we're going to start something and here's what we're going to start. We're going to start getting together at this time when we have dinner or whatever you choose to, to do and say, we're going to have a family worship time. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to read the Bible together. We're going to pray together. We're going to have a moment of where we sing together or we experience music together or whatever your elements might be. Uh, and and just start. Uh, and, and don't buy the lie that but you've missed your chance here because you haven't. Right. And you can start now doing this. And maybe during this time of quarantine, as we record this, we're still in isolation uh, maybe maybe during this time is the great reason to say, you know, we haven't done this, but we're going to start doing this and, and start it now and, and see how God might use that. Yeah, that's a good word, Mike. You know, I think it's the kind of thing you're never going to regret it starting yep. it. I don't remember a single time wishing we hadn't gathered around the word and around the table. You're only going to regret what you don't do. You're never going to yep. regret what you do on, on this on this front. And just yep. like I was thinking when you were saying just get started, it's the hardest part of anything is to get started. Yep. Whether you're talking about exercising or a career move or whatever it is, to get started. And boy, when it comes to studying the word of God and worshiping as a family together, you're never going to regret getting and, started. And maybe, and maybe the word is not only just start, but maybe the word is also just restart. Maybe maybe you've mm. done this before, but you just kind of lost lost the habit and, and just start it again. And that would be true, again, of any discipline that you might have in your life. This, this is one 
that you, that you just pick a part and you pick a time and a place and a, and a pattern and just start it and, and just go as long as you can with it. Understanding there's grace. We don't want to create some legalistic thing. Uh, there's grace for the times this, this person's sick or that, you know, for this, we're out of town or whatever, but just start. And, and it occurs to me, I, I, you know, as, as I'm having flashbacks now, some of the moments I've shared with my family over the years and, and another principle has come to mind, Brian, that I would, I just want to throw in there as well. Uh, and, and that is share the leadership of it. Uh, one, one of the things I look back on with my family of five, uh, me and Teresa and our three kids, is we did this thing at the morning table, at the breakfast table, when our kids were all in school, and we shared the leadership of it. I, I had my day, Teresa took a day, Lee had a day, Elizabeth had a day, John had a day, and they were all at different ages, and every day was different, but each each person in our family took a day. And we did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There were five of us. We did not meet on Saturday morning because we kind of slept in, ball games, all the things happened on Saturday. And then Sunday was the family worship, you know, go to the church day. But So we had five days a week that we did this. And there were days we missed, but most of the time, most of those years, we had this pattern of doing it. And one of the joys was we shared the, the leadership of it. As the kids got older and could do it, we had each kid take a leadership part and in those special moments when the kids were leading, we would see some things happening in their lives spiritually that we could affirm and, and call out. And, and, and it was exciting to see our kids develop their faith as they led this time. It's a good word, Mike. I remember for us, this, the prayer times would be so sweet and, and tender, uh, especially when I would hear my younger siblings praying. And, and uh, like you said, you can witness uh, the growth in their, in their spiritual life. And it's just a wonderful time of bonding and bringing the family together so it's critical i really i hope this time one of the good things that can come out of it is to start or restart that family altar and that that time of bible study and prayer and worship uh, together as a family yeah any parting words for us well i would just say a really good idea to to connect all the dots is uh let your family times interact with your church times so, uh, mm. and it would make the church experience even more meaningful too. Uh, you might say something like this, well, you know, Hey gang, our pastor's preaching a series right now in the book of Colossians. So I want to read the passage that he's going to be preaching this Sunday or, or, or maybe even follow, you know, last week our choir sang so-and-so. I want to read that lyric again to you. Did you hear what they said in that song? And it's based on this Psalm and et cetera, et cetera. So the interplay that you might could have with what's happening in your church, or maybe in in the uh, you've got a student and their student uh, Bible study is going through a book of the Bible, and you connect connect the dots. And uh, I think that's really helpful when the church and the family can interact with each other in the development of our of our family uh, discipleship program. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Keeping it all tied together. Yep. Well, everybody stay hunkered down and, uh, you know, maybe by the time, you know, wouldn't this be awesome, Brian? Uh, Sometimes on our podcast, we record them ahead of time, as people know. We'll make predictions. We've done that with the Super Bowl and with the World (laughs) Series and all that stuff. And uh, and maybe I should remind you that that the Super Bowl prediction, I kind of, I really kind of took that. But uh but anyway, yeah, I had forgotten that. maybe maybe by the time this podcast airs, we we've got a new reality with the the uh, coronavirus, 
and uh, we're beginning to see uh, some things uh, open back up here and people being able to get back to some kind of normalcy. But maybe this family worship time can live way beyond the coronavirus and really make an impact on our families. Let's hope that it does. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us, worship at lifeway.com. Tell us about uh, your ideas around family worship and the family altar, and also just let us know how we can pray for you. Well, Mike, I guess until next time, this is Mike Harlan and Brian Brown from The Bunker at the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan, and we look forward to being with you again very soon. Thank you.